The following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. simply like to say thank you and welcome you to WrestleMania! Welcome everyone to Perched on the Top Rope. It's me, it's me. I am your host, former Dirt Sheet writer Lee Walker, and I am joined by the Perch correspondent, and I'm calling the correspondent because he was there. He literally just got home from WrestleMania. Justin Largito. Justin, how was your weekend? Uh, it was quite the interesting experience, uh, yeah, but yeah, we're here. I literally just walked through my door. I haven't even unpacked my bags yet. Just sitting at the door right now. Obviously, as you can tell, my voice is not as good as it usually is. Uh, uh, and I know you guys can't uh, see me right now, but I'm wearing a cowboy hat. So honorary cowboy this week. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I got I got a lot to talk about, so let's All right. get into it. All right, so Justin, uh, one of the the best things about WrestleMania and WrestleMania Week is getting to be part of Access. You went into the WWE Access experience. What yes. was that like, bud? So anyone who went to Access this year knows it was done very differently this year. Uh, it was, I believe it was in the same venue as wrestling at 32 access when they first went to Dallas at, uh, the K Bailey convention center, but this year they had superstore access. Now superstore access, uh, is much different. So they put out $10 general admission tickets. Now this is just to go in the superstore. And from there, uh, the way it was described in the press release was when you enter the superstore with your $10 general admission, you would be able to upgrade to premium experiences. Now, I don't know when WrestleMania access became Patreon where we have to unlock different tiers, but this year, I guess we decided to go in that direction. So some of the uh, exhibits they had listed uh, were you could take a picture with the Miz TV set and a cardboard cutout with a Miz and the KO show set with a cardboard cutout of Kevin Owens. Now, that's fine and cool, right? You got to pay 15 bucks to do it. Uh, it was 15 or 10, but I didn't do it. I'm not taking a photo with a cardboard cutout. Uh, same thing with Alexis Playground. They had the swing set and uh, a giant lily sitting at a table that was 15 i remember that undertaker's graveyard which was the one i did do that was 25 dollars, and uh i did get photos and videos in there so uh you all may be seeing them soon wink wink uh <laughs> youtube.com slash perched on the top rope you got it man uh they also did the 
what was it? The superstar entrance, which they usually do every year. Uh, they actually did meet and greets over there. So I did go to Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan on Saturday before WrestleMania. And yesterday they had Drew McIntyre doing them. Now we didn't go to Drew McIntyre because we were all fucking tired out, as you can imagine, by uh, Monday morning. Uh, and, oh, oh, Lee, I think you'll get a kick out of this one. So uh, obviously Access is more known for the meet and greets, right? Uh-huh. So obviously with the Fitterman sports deal, it's a little different. So they did signings for the Bella Twins, Finn Balor, Goldberg, The Undertaker, and Shawn Michaels throughout the weekend. But if you weren't willing to shell out the money for them, you could go to the C4 Energy Drink exhibit and do a hologram meet and greet. Now, I don't know if you saw any of these, Lee, but... (laughs) No. (laughs) They have this little Elimination Chamber type pod and a Roman Reigns or a Bianca Belair hologram pops up holding a C4 energy drink that you can take your picture in front of. I can't make this shit up. That's that's interesting. I believe that was also uh, $15, but don't quote me on that. That's 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 interesting. How was uh Liv and Rhea? How much was that to meet them? So, uh, I paid 50 bucks for a dual photo op, uh, but was it, what was interesting, they asked us when we went up, uh, do you want them together or separate? Now, if I got a photo of Rhea Ripley and a photo of Liv Morgan separate, it would have been $100. So, no, I'll do them both together, thank you, but <laughs> other than that, uh, Liv and Rhea were cool. Uh, they did their whole entrance before they started the meet and greet because they were at the stage yeah so that was cool we, we got to go to gorilla go through the set and uh take our photo there that's pretty cool that's pretty cool now fans i i was supposed to be at wrestlemania too so i had surgery but this sounds freaking amazing <laughs> like I know like rock, you know, or like undertaker, Shawn Michaels, they're on the more expensive side to meet. Yes. But $50 for Rhea and Liv Morgan. That's crazy because you know, when the time comes for them to be doing meet and greets, you know, outside of WWE, they're going to be like a hundred dollar combo exactly you know for yeah. the two of them just the photo is a hundred bucks and then you know the autograph you know the, uh, promoters will make a killing on that like come on yeah absolutely but i mean i'm sure their lines were just as long as everybody else's too like holy yeah crap. they had a fair line uh we got there early so we were pretty up close to the front we were like the first 10 people actually Oh wow! Uh, but when I looked or looked behind us, I mean, we we had quite the crowd. But, it was like looking. It was like looking for Tim. <laughs> when yeah, we met Bray uh, Wyatt. Literally, we uh, downloaded the WrestleMania app for the weekend. Yeah, and I pointed out because I got the notification. I'm like, we're going to the superstore. <laughs> <laughs> so we rushed right over there. Yeah, 
Yep. So, so what was it like meeting Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker? Oh, dude. Uh, you know, The Undertaker has been a goal of mine for a long time. Not that Shawn hasn't. Shawn absolutely has been. Uh, but to be, I don't even know how to describe this, honestly. To be in the presence of The Undertaker, especially when he was just about everywhere this weekend, going into the Hall of Fame, showed up both nights of WrestleMania. Uh, you know, it's insane. And, you know, obviously at Access, they kind of rush you, but just to have those few seconds, I mean, it's fucking cool, man. <laughs> yeah, and and speaking of uh, The Undertaker, now a WWE Hall of Famer, you got the honor to be in the crowd that night i did what was the wwe hall of fame like so this was my second hall of fame i went to uh i went to actually it was the last one in front of fans when dx went in as the headliners but uh i said to myself this year because i know the hall of fame is kind of once you've been to one of them you've been to all of them Mm-hmm. So I said, for me to go this year, you would have to put in either The Undertaker or The Rock, and you'll have me there. As soon as they announced The Undertaker, I said, okay, when do tickets go on sale? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it was cool to be there. Uh, nothing much happened on SmackDown, to be honest with you. We were all just waiting for the Hall of Fame at that point. Um. You know, it was cool to see Vader go in, even though he wasn't there to, you know, give his speech. Nikki Bella was very disappointed. Uh, <laughs> the Steiner brothers was cool to see them go in. Uh, obviously, Shab with the Warrior Award. And, you know, what a fucking moment uh, when The Undertaker came out. Nearly a 10-minute standing ovation, and I couldn't think of anyone better to receive something like that uh in that moment I, I i was grateful to be in that crowd for that it was incredible yeah you know watching the hall of fame from home i the very first thing i said was vince mcmahon was the right person to induct the undertaker and my reason was especially when Undertaker brought up his three points, his loyalty wasn't just to the WWE. His loyalty was to Vince McMahon also. So for 30 years, that man didn't leave his side. It was, it was just great. Yeah. I do wish. I, I agree. I do wish it had more time. I know the Hall of Fame for being old school, super long. The guys have long speeches. Because realistically, how do you sum up 20 plus years in five minutes? That's what the Steiners had. You can't. Scott told a a story about Macho Man. 
and Rick was able to be like, hey, thanks. So like, I wish there was more time. I would have loved to have heard, aside from Vader's son and wife, maybe a couple people share some Vader stories that would because he's no longer with us. That would have been nice. Yeah. Um, the Undertaker had an hour, and he could have gone three, it felt like. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I'm used to. There, uh, even sitting there in the crowd. And, and I do agree with you to that point. Uh, definitely some of these guys should have longer speeches. Uh, the Vader induction, obviously his family came out and, you know, they, they spoke for a few minutes. But in the building, it felt like it was like that. Like they came out and the music played and they were all done. Yeah. Uh, like you said, it would have been cool to have some Vader stories kind of sprinkled in there, whether it be from the family or others. Uh, but unfortunately, I guess that's how it goes. Yeah. Overall, it was a good Hall of Fame, though. Um, obviously, everyone was waiting for The Undertaker and his speech, especially when he gave that infamous Never Say Never, which led fans out there some anyway to believe that maybe the undertaker would take on seth rollins so ladies and gentlemen let's get into night one of our wrestlemania review justin's gotta get the cowboy hat hold on let's start this cowboy shit now the smackdown tag team champions the usos took on shinsuke nakamura and Rick Boogs. I'm not going to do the loud scream. My voice hurts. <laughs> WrestleMania also took a lot out of me screaming. <laughs> Just a different atmosphere. Yeah. So this match was seemingly going to be a short <laughs> match, I would say. I would say that uh, this was also how the match was probably going to go anyway, just with a couple more tags involved. So Rick goes and has one of the Usos up on his shoulders. The other one jumps up. And it seems like we were going to get a cool spot. And then Rick drops to the ground, just drops, you know, holding his, his knee, leg, you know, lower part of his leg. See him roll out, and then after Shinsuke took over from there, that point on, you could tell something was wrong. The cameramen did their very best not to show the camera on him at all. And we saw the finish we saw, which was the Usos retain the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. But um, that wasn't the big takeaway from the match. The big takeaway was the injury that we would find out on Raw after Mania that uh, Rick tore his quad. To be honest, watching him go down the way he did, I thought it was like a knee or an ankle. But when he was grabbing around the knee area, you kind of knew. Justin, as you were sitting in the audience, you know, with your friends and everything. What were you guys thinking as this match went on and, and you didn't, you saw Shinsuke dominate the ring for his team. So yeah, me, uh, me personally in the building, I honestly thought the Rick Boogs uh, injury was a work at first. 
because they did do an angle on SmackDown a few weeks ago where he had that exact knee taped up and, mm-hmm. you know, it was a ruse to kind of get this match at WrestleMania. Uh, later in the night, of course, we learned about the quad and the patella tendon injury to Rick Boogs. Uh, you know, even, even the match, uh, I don't want to say they cut right to the finish because they did do one false finish before it. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's unfortunate for uh, Rick Boogs. I mean, he, I, I said a few weeks ago, you never want to get injured close to WrestleMania, but to get injured in the opening match in your WrestleMania debut, I mean, that, that, that sucks. Yeah. He, he did get one thing out of it though. That was really cool. Especially for someone like a musician like that was he got to play in front of 78,000 plus people. Oh yeah, absolutely. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. But we do wish him well wishes because that does suck. Now the next match sucked for somebody. Drew McIntyre taking on Happy Corbin. Now he had Mad Cat Moss who we saw become the new Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal winner. This one blew me away. Him winning that blew me away, Justin. (laughs) It blew everyone else away in the audience at SmackDown. I can speak firsthand. Think about it. He eliminated Dirty Dogs, the tag team, but NXT champion... Dolph Ziggler and United States champion Finn Balor to win that. Yeah. Um, my pick going into that battle Royal was Damian priest. And I, I think I said this to you too, but last week, my hope was they would set something up with priest and uh, Balor for the U S title going into mania. Obviously after night two, we know why that didn't happen, but uh yeah, that was that was something. Even in the audience, we're watching all these guys get tossed out, and we're like, "Ain't no way they're gonna have Mad Cat Moss win this fucking thing." <laughs> <laughs> well, they did. They nope. Did. Uh, Banana Suspender Boy. Uh, he he pulled out the win on Friday, and <laughs> total shocker. <laughs> yeah, you know, no. he, I guess he saved himself from the cut list this week. For a little while. Now, this match was painstakingly obvious to me and Alex and Kyle, who did the prediction show, episode 80. Drew McIntyre wins. And to me, that's not the takeaway here. Commentary had made such a big deal that Happy Corbin hadn't lost since winning the lottery and of course i was able to say no that's that's a lie michael cole that's a lie you are wrong you literally just lost last week on tv (laughs) when you said it nonetheless um but it was the fact that they like played up the fact that no one's ever kicked out of happy corbin's finishing move the end of days yeah. And on our prediction show, I said Drew McIntyre would win and 
that he would be kicking out of the finishing move. Just saying. <laughs> just saying, I called it. Drew McIntyre kicked out at end of days, the first person to ever kick out of it. It was shocking yeah, to dude. see, to be honest with you. That was uh, in, in the building. Even I went like, holy shit, because they got me. I was like, oh, my God, is Happy Corbin going to win this thing? But no, Drew McIntyre, he, uh, he kicked out of the most protected finisher in WWE history, I would say at this point. But uh, did you hear about the special entrances that they were supposed to have for this match? I know that for Drew that they had a bunch of uh, guys with the swords and the kilts and, and, and everything, all the, the Scottish and stuff like that. I didn't, was Happy Corbin supposed to have one? So, yes. Uh, Corbin actually posted on Instagram a few hours ago talking about it. And it makes sense now because from where I was sitting, we could kind of see uh, vehicles behind the stage. Uh so apparently there was an entrance planned in a rolls royce for mad cat moss and happy corbin to come out uh the tarp or the blanket they had over the vehicle had caused the security alarm to go on so (laughs) when they tried to start it and they're sitting in the vehicle trying to start it they can't so they had to rush out of the rolls royce and just go through gorilla and enter normally oh wow yeah. Huh. I mean, this was still, it was still a good match. Oh, yeah. Great match. Absolutely. You know, it was just, for me, it was a predictable one. Yeah. But seemingly enough, do you think that they're teasing Mad Madcap and a Happy Corbin breakup? Absolutely. Okay. So on, on, on the prediction show, I had agreed with Kyle who said that. I'm glad you agree. Yeah. Alex didn't agree because Alex was wrong. <laughs> um, now, now my next question is the same question that Kyle asked us. Who, who's, who's the heel and who's the, the, going to be the face? Uh, I think it would have to be Corbin as the heel, Madcap as the face. Okay, so that's where things got different. See, I agreed with Kyle on this, and you agreed with Alex on this question. Uh-huh. Kyle said Happy Corbin. He said usually when someone is turning heel, or in this case, staying heel, he thinks Madcap stays heel because Corbin's the one who's been the one being different. Like, you know, Madcap Moss's jokes aren't funny anymore. He's he's trying to guide them and he's doing the wrong thing type deal in the matches and yada yada. So I I agreed with him and said Happy would would be the one to turn face. But after this, who knows? Because it's WWE. Yeah, their uh, their plans change week to week. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Now, we get our first celebrity interaction of the night. I'm out. (laughs) I see how well this one went. (laughs) We have the Mysterios, Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio, taking on The Miz and Logan Paul. 
So what we didn't know until later on was the fact that Logan Paul was wearing as a necklace, the most expensive Pokemon card in the world that he had purchased through a private auction of 5.7 million something for a Pokemon card, which dude, that's cool. That's, you know, the rare, if that's what you collect and that's the rarest thing you've got. I mean, it's worth more than my entire collection. So I can't, I can't talk shit about it. But he also won a Guinness World Record that night for that for purchasing that card. Comes out with the card, and I want to say this makes The Miz and Logan Paul having the most expensive ring entrance slash ring year, not only in WrestleMania history, but WWE history. Justin, you don't seem happy about this match or anything to do with this match, so please, the floor is yours. Just fuck Logan Paul, man. Well, let's be honest. Fuck Logan Paul. Um, You know, going into this match, too, I said, man, I don't like Logan Paul. I'm not that into Dominic Mysterio. Now, not that I really hate him. It's just I, I don't agree with the position he's in right now. Because so daddy... I'm like, yeah. So I'm like going into the show and I'm like, is it bad that I'm cheering for the guy who filmed a dead body in the forest? But, you know, anyway, <laughs> I go into the match. I try to enjoy it. Now, Lee, I don't know if I'm missing something or I'm watching a different match or what's going on in the building. I didn't see what was so impressive about Logan Paul the whole time. Maybe I was just hating on him. I, 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 I don't know. How did Logan Paul come off on the televised uh, WrestleMania broadcast? That he could wrestle? He was... I mean, he, he hit the, the three suplexes. That looked good. Uh, he didn't look bad, to be honest with you. But also, at the same time, everything you're saying is the same stuff that Kyle and Alex said on the WrestleMania predictions, episode 80 fans go and listen to the predictions then come listen to this show. And you can hear, you can hear everyone shit on Logan Paul. (laughs) Um, This was a match I was not interested in, but I, I did admit that I was interested. Can Logan Paul wrestle? If you can fake a boxing match, you can probably wrestle. You know, yeah. right? So oh, I, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, he he came off he came off all right. He didn't come off as a bad wrestler. I thought he did all right. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's just my maybe it's just my hatred. Who knows? I will tell you, I was like definitely afraid you were going to get a Jake Paul run in in this match. Yeah, because I saw he was on the kickoff show, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Last thing you need is both Paul brothers on the show. Yeah, yeah, right. You had to have liked what happened after the match. Oh, I lost my voice. Really? Yep. What were you screaming when the Uh, Miz hit a skull-crushing finale on Logan Paul? Yeah, I think it varied between... Yeah, fuck yeah, Miz, yeah. I think it was in that order. 
Okay. And I think, right. I think there was a fuck Logan Paul in there, too. Okay. Wow. All right. I'll take that. That's hey. <laughs> now, we saw on Raw after Mania, The Miz would take on Dominic Mysterio. This was a fast match. Like, I enjoyed was- it. This was this was a squash match for all intents purposes. Very quick match. The Miz wins. When I mean very quick, it was under two minutes, easy. I think it was under thirty seconds. To be honest. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say it could have. It was easily. Yeah, it, yeah, it could have. It was fast. Yeah, because they went right to the finish. Yeah, and then we have our first debut of the night. And what a debut it was. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting, ladies and gentlemen. We finally get Veer. Veer is here. Veer is here, baby. And he attacks the Mysterios. They made him look really strong. He had like a half Nelson Stein and recliner looking thing on. And Dominic was tapping. Ray was like grabbing at Veer's feet after Veer pummeled him. That's all I got. I'm not like it's a dude. Like <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Like Veer is a big guy, right? Yes. You want him to to be over this and that. That man should be debuting on SmackDown because. You've got him and you've got Omos. Two big monsters. Did anyone think this through? Uh, WB is going to WB. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like that, this is. What did you think being at Raw? You were there. The crowd's always supposed to be crazy and you guys kind of sucked to be honest yeah i'm not gonna lie i didn't have that same energy as the normal raw after mania crowd yeah i know Uh, i fell asleep during it (laughs) uh yeah Uh, after the veer debut you know i saw he had a new t-shirt on wb shop bought five of those yeah um but but it's like we waited how long for him to attack the Mysterios on Raw. Yeah. You know, it just feels like I don't want to say it. I, I wasn't expecting Veer to go after Roman Reigns on the Raw after WrestleMania, but I mean you know, it just seems like what the hell were we waiting for all this time? Yeah. Yeah. Not a not a fan, to be honest. I wasn't a fan. Like, I think about it, because now I'm, like, did they not think it through? You've got Captain Aziz, who, with him and Apollo, you've you've totally, you can't look at Aziz as a big monster. You just had Omos beat him and Apollo in a two-on-one match. He's out of the picture as, as a big, big, devastating man. But you got Omos, and you got Veer. You got your three biggest men all on the same show. Like, 
you know, if you're going to just keep Aziz as a manager, that's fine. But they should have had Veer on SmackDown or Omos on SmackDown. Like, you can't have all these big monsters. Because then, like, an old-school fan like me is going to think that, oh, they should be in a stable and be just unstoppable. But then WWE is going to WWE, and within two months, one's going to be wrestling like the Giant Gonzalez. One's not even going to be in the company any anymore. And the other one's going to get injured because they're going to try and make them do something ridiculous like jump off the top rope. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they really put much thought into the brand assignment for these uh, guys coming up or these new guys. No. Definitely not. But I digress. I'm sorry for the rant. Anyway, speaking of Raw, we have Becky Lynch taking on Bianca Belair. How happy were you about this match? Like how like it's it's different from where you're sitting because of the you're you're there with the crowd. How was the crowd? Like how loud was the crowd when these two came out? The crowd was very into it. Uh, up until this point in the night, I thought, I actually, you know what? Still, I think you could make an argument that this was match of the night for night one. Uh, everyone was really into this. Everyone was into Bianca winning. Uh, you know, Becky's going to be over no matter where she goes as a heel or a face. Uh, I did like the then, now, forever uh, parody kind of intro video for Becky as she came out. She should keep that. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, uh, th- th- this, I enjoyed uh, Becky Bianca and Mania. Uh, I'm interested to see where Bianca goes from here. I don't know if they're going to do a rematch with Becky or pair her off with somebody else on the Raw brands. This feud had amazing storytelling to it. Yeah. Dating all the way back to last year. With... Becky picking up that win in 38 seconds or whatever it was. Super fast match. And she started off the match the same way, trying to trying to end it early, just like that. Her entrance was awesome. I thought she looked like Lady Gaga coming out. It was really cool. Bianca's with the marching band. I don't know who on commentary said it, but when they go, what the hell is this? You can tell they didn't mean, like, that was not, like part of what he was supposed to say like it just slipped out sort of deal because that's what i thought what the hell is this yeah it's a marching band i was like like alex was all for it because he was in marching band i was sitting here like yeah no mute this until like the real music plays (laughs) (laughs) oh god anyway this was a this was definitely a great great match I don't. I, it, it's it's up there. It's up there. I don't know if it's match of the night. I'll tell you when. I'll tell you when I think I have match of the night. If you're calling this your match of the night, you got a good match. Not gonna lie. Yeah. You see, I'm not too convinced yet because now I have to think as we go on. Yeah. But in, in that moment, Becky and Bianca was definitely uh, match of the night up to that point. But after this. Uh, I believe it was after this match. I don't think anything was in between uh, my, my match of the night. May change. I'll tell you in a second. Yeah. Uh, but real quick, just like you said, this, this feud did have amazing storytelling with, uh, you know, everything starting at SummerSlam. And even at that time, uh, I remember I was under the impression 
that. I didn't like how WWE did Bianca dirty that night. You know, you want to put the title on Becky, fine, but the way they did it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way personally. Uh, and they built Bianca back up to the point where she, you know, went through the whole line of, of the women's roster, whether it be on Raw or SmackDown, to get to Becky Lynch again. Uh, and, you know, I think we have to give WWE credit because them and storing, storytelling uh, don't have the best relationship, if you know what I mean. Uh, we'll, we'll get into it, but uh, Ezekiel is a good uh, example of uh storytelling and forgetting your story and just doing whatever the hell you want but uh you know they did a great job with the becky and bianca uh another thing i want to mention so i was kind of surprised during bianca's promo last night on raw that we didn't get anyone interrupted personally uh i was thinking we were getting a bailey return because if you remember the last time Bailey had been on TV, uh, was going into that match with Bianca for the SmackDown Women's Title at Money in the Bank, uh, and that had to get scrapped because Bailey got injured two weeks before the match. So, I mean, honestly, I think you have a great uh, built-in story where Bailey could come back and say, "Hey, you still owe me that uh, title match that I never got." But I thought it was interesting. Bianca just kind of cut a promo and nobody interrupted. And we didn't really get a direction on where they were going with the Raw Women's title from here. Yeah. So according to Fightful Select on WrestleMania, they did pitch for a Bally return for her to do uh, her talk show. And they they did nix those plans uh, for whatever reason, which is which is fine. According to Fightful Select, there was talks about bringing Bailey back, but it was for WrestleMania for her to do her talk show. Um, it was nixed for whatever reason. Uh, I personally thought that her promo referring to Bianca was just bland. It just really offered nothing. It, it just so like I would have thought that we would have had an interruption like you said another one I had thought would have been Oscar. Uh, she was another one that I, I had expected and we didn't get that but it is what it is um yeah, there was like so many options that could have came out there. Like Bailey, Asuka, Alexa Bliss, who they still have nothing for. Becky, if they're going to continue that feud. But, you know, nothing happened. <laughs> We're sitting there the whole time waiting for something to happen and nothing ever did. Yeah, no, it just, it was weird. Really, really weird. I, not against it. But I just thought it was a, a blah. Like it offered like that promo to me just really, really didn't offer anything, like didn't tell us who she's feuding with next type deal. So it was just eh. 
But you know what's not eh? The next match on WrestleMania night one. Seth Rollins versus a hand-picked opponent by Vince McMahon. Now Seth Rollins comes out. We're all, you know, not knowing what to expect. And oh my God, the lights go out. Fans had been speculating all sorts of different names. Shane McMahon. Even the fiend Bray Wyatt because he was at WrestleCon in Dallas, Texas. At the WWE Hall of Fame, people started to speculate The Undertaker because he said, never say never. Yeah. And ladies and gentlemen, who we got? Who we got? The American Nightmare. Cody Rhodes. Justin, you need to take it from here because you are in the crowd. You've got to talk about the screaming and everything. You go. Dude, that place fucking exploded uh <laughs> all it took for me what it was to hear uh that little dun dun noise and then re- uh yeah wrestling has more than one royal family and i was just fucking losing it in my seat uh it's it's great to see cody back in WWE, despite what anyone wants to say about him leaving AEW. uh you know cody he went off he made himself a star and you know, he helped start AEW. I mean, he created a fucking wrestling company while he was gone, but you know, I was getting a little worried. We might get Shane McMahon in that spot, but as soon as that, the lights went out and uh, you know, the pyro and everything, uh, I, mean, I, I was happy to be there, man. That, that was one of the best moments I've ever been a part of. The former AEW VEP at WWE WrestleMania 38. Justin, from your standpoint, how was the match? The match was really good. Uh, I'm glad they didn't just have Cody go in there and squash Seth Rollins in a few seconds. Because uh, I think, yeah, you could have done that, but, you know, we wanted to see an actual match with Seth and Cody. Uh, you know, it was cool, the free crossroads and the bionic elbow to do it. Uh, I thought that was awesome. Uh, some cool spots like the, I guess I can't really call it the buckle bomb, but the power bomb into the barricade. And uh, Cody teasing the uh, Stardust hand gesture to start the match acknowledging that but uh yeah i'm curious to see where they go from with cody from here i think by this time next year cody rhodes will be a world champion uh depending on whether they split those titles up again or they keep them together or whatever they plan on doing by wrestlemania 39 next year Well, and you know, the interesting thing was on WWE Raw, after Mania, Cody opened up the show. He had an image of his father from 1977 holding the world title. Gave a great Cody-like promo. Maybe use some words Vince McMahon doesn't like, like pro wrestling. (laughs) The W word. (laughs) 
the W word. And, uh, you know, he basically said, that's a title that's eluded my family my entire life. Basically saying he's back because he wants the WWE championship. He wants the one title that no Rhodes has ever held. Dustin never held it as gold dust. He's been multiple time tag team champion, multiple time intercontinental champion. He's been a hardcore champion among other things. And dusty never a WWE champion. So the question isn't, can Cody Rhodes do it? The question is when. Yep. So now we know on Raw that that's what, that's what he wants. He's here for the WWE championship. Uh, WWE on BT Sports even made a, a great meme, a two-piece photo. <laughs> it, it's a photo of Cody that says, I left sports entertainment. And then on the other one, it's a new photo of Cody. And it says, but now I'm back, seemingly making fun of AEW with uh, their sports entertainment pro wrestling thing going on. Little little pitter, spitter, patter between CM Punk and Chris Jericho there. And uh, I'm, it'll always be pro wrestling to me. Yeah. I, I also just want to point out BT Sport had uh, no chill this week with the Cody Rhodes memes on their page. Uh, oh right! I saw the one uh, Cody Rhodes's WB graphic that was based off the All Elite graphic. That was yeah, right. They got no <laughs> chill over in the UK. They got no chill. That was awesome. Yeah, they're just letting them have it. So how 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 were you when Cody won the match? How loud was it in that arena? Very loud. Cody was definitely very over. Uh, not just at WrestleMania, but on Raw as well. Uh, they play their cards right. They have a great story they can build, too, with Cody uh, chasing after the title. And, you know, I think that's that partially led to Cody coming back, to be honest with you. I think it's a matter of him feeling that he has to prove something to himself, that he can be a star in a company like WWE. And, you know, I, I mean, that that's just a better goal for him. Uh to hold the WWE title or the world heavyweight title or the universal or whatever the hell the world championship is right now. Uh, but, you know, I think this run for Cody, it's going to be very successful. And I'm, I give it a year until he has that title. All right. You heard it there, folks. Justin gives him a year. I'm going to give him less to be honest with you. Really? Depending on what happens. Depending yeah. on what happens with the title. Only time will tell. Yeah, because their unification uh, stipulation doesn't mean too much. It only means something if they make it one title again. Otherwise, he's <laughs> got to defend both. Yeah. And if he's going to lose one it's going to be the wwe championship because he's had his longest run with the universal so they'll keep that run going type deal yeah speaking of champions and and championships and this and that we have the 13 time women's champion charlotte flair 
taking on Ronda Rousey. Justin, you were there. How was the crowd? Nobody gave a fuck. <laughs> but uh no, no nobody cared, man. This uh this match was in the death spot on this show between Cody and Austin. And the feud didn't do it any favors. I've been very open about how the Charlotte and Ronda stuff on SmackDown just hasn't been doing it for me. Therefore, I was not excited for this match. Uh, they kind of got me into it towards the end. But with the finish, it's just like, uh, honestly, I, w- I would think about giving this worst match of the night, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, I just wasn't feeling it. All right. Well, um, you're giving it the worst match of the night. We're going to get into that in a little bit. Because there, there's there's some stuff that went on uh, with this match and another match. Yes. We're going to talk about it a little later. Yeah. Yeah, man. This finish was weird, to say the least. We've never seen Ronda tap out. She's never tapped out in the UFC. We've seen her knocked out. Never seen her tap out, though. And we didn't get that at WrestleMania either. So, fans, this finish, when I say it was weird, it was unlike anything else. Because, obviously, I would say that Ronda wasn't willing to tap out. But willing to lose. Because Charlotte retained her championship. So... You probably had Ronda refusing to, to to lose to a tap out. Charlotte probably refused to lose in general. Um, this isn't over in my eyes. No. And, and I can tell you why. I used to live on Long Island. I still got friends on Long Island. So uh, during Raw this past week, not this week, but before WrestleMania. Buddy sends me a text message. It's a video from uh, his TV, because God forbid he has Snapchat. <laughs> so uh, he sends me a video, and it's a local advertisement for WWE at Nass- on Nassau County. The house show, and the- it's May 6th, by the way. Look at this, I'm sitting here advertising for WWE. Where are my royalties? So uh, May 6th in Nassau County on Long Island, your SmackDown Women's Champion, Charlotte Flair, is taking on Ronda Rousey. So you can 100% bet that at WrestleMania Backlash, yeah, catch yourself. WrestleMania backlash. Yeah, I, I had to catch myself because I almost did it. <laughs> WWE Women's Champion Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey. That's happening. Calling it right now. I will only because of the local advertisements. This feud's not done, and that's what's happening. And that's where Ronda will win the belt. 
Yeah, and that was that. That was what we kind of figured too, sitting there. Uh, and I'm glad you brought it up too, because the entire feud was built off of Charlotte's going to make Ronda tap. Ronda's going to make Charlotte tap. The match it doesn't even end in a fucking submission. Exactly. Like, it's literally a big boot to the face, and Ronda just gets back up after that. Like how the fuck? Yeah, you know. It, the, you can't take a big devastating boot and then after the three counts overact like nothing happened. Rhonda, Christ, lay there for a minute. <laughs> Pretend it hurt. I don't care. Make it. You got to make it look real. If it's not looking real, what the hell am I going to expect? Hey, Justin, <laughs> kick me in the fucking face like Charlotte did to Rhonda. <laughs> oh, shit. And all of a sudden, I'm in the hospital with a broken eye socket. Going, well, they did it on TV. Of course, then the nurse is going to look at me and she's like, are you fucking nine? And I'm going to be like, no. <laughs> I'm 37. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway. This, yeah, terrible match. Bad match. Like, this is where even though this was supposed to be on night one, this is where the New Day versus Sheamus and Rich Holland should have been. That's where this match should have been because that it's it's a match that like is going in between two big matches. You can't just throw th- try and throw three matches there, and you know. And then there was uh, fans had an issue. Uh, uh, someone had said shit from dirt sheets or online press that uh, Ronda had a problem with going on not being the main event, this and that. And if you go listen to episode two of Heat Magnet, you'll hear all about that. Apple Podcast, Perch on the Top Rope. So, like, uh, I think this was just a, ma- a, a, a bad match. And the other thing that, like, really bothered me is why are you having two of the women's championship matches on this card? The main titles, it shouldn't have been, it shouldn't have been because you knew from the first match, whether the champion won or lost, you knew what was going to happen in the next match because you're not going to have both women retain. One's going to drop a belt. So when they had the, when they had the Becky versus Bianca match, which I had predicted Bianca this match I actually predicted uh wrong by the way I said they were both going to drop them just because like I I didn't know what WWE would do yeah at that point and then after I had made the prediction I wanted to change it to Charlotte and someone wouldn't let me Alex because <laughs> I had realized what I, I I was like oh shit wait they're on the same it's the same night still fuck and I, you know, at that point it was done. And then as it went on, the more and more I saw the writing on the wall that Charlotte was going to be the winner. So this match sucked. There's no easy way to put it. It just sucked. The the I don't want to say from start to finish it had its good points, but it's the ending that killed it. It's I guess the lack of storyline to the match even though you've had since the Royal Rumble, I know Becky, or, well, Becky, Ronda working a limited schedule that she works. 
you weren't going to get her every week type deal. She wasn't going to wrestle in between every week type deal. No, it just wasn't enough, and it, and it showed. Yeah, man. Thank, thank God this did a main event. It would have left a worse taste in everyone's mouth. Yeah, you know, and we're going to talk about this match a little later in night two also. So get ready for that. Now we get to the KO show, which has Stone Cold Steve Austin. Justin, we know no one was excited for Kevin Owens, let's be honest. I'm always excited for Kevin Owens. Okay, you were excited for Kevin Owens. It's Kevin Owens. Okay. How loud was the crowd when that glass broke? I'm glad you brought that up. When you heard that glass shatter. Night one, I'm not going to lie to you. I think Cody and his pop affected Austin's pop later in the night. And I don't know if it came across that way on TV, but it definitely came across that way to a lot of people in the building. Uh, You know, Austin's reaction was much louder night two, and we'll get into that, obviously. Uh, But I felt like it wasn't as big as it usually is, if that makes sense. I mean, it was loud for us, both of them. So, like, we were caught up in the moment. Like we we weren't paying attention to that type of stuff. I'd have to go back and honestly listen. Yeah. But I mean both times, like Alex jumped up like a fucking schoolgirl who got straight A's. And, and and I jumped up like uh you know, the kid with the dunce cap that got a Nintendo sixty four for Christmas. Yeah. So like we were both screaming for different reasons and and you know not paying attention i was you know with cody i was screaming because i was happy to see him back and i knew i just gotten another notch on my belt for a win prediction win yeah but i was excited for him to be back in wwe anyway knowing what was going to happen and then this i was just as excited for but I do got to eat a shit sandwich on it also because i'm also the guy in the prediction show that said didn't Stone Cold tear his bicep the last time he dropped a Stone Cold stunner? Do I really want to see that wrestle? And uh anyway. So Austin comes out, man. When you heard Kevin Owens say, Oh, I, I you know, I, I, I lied to you to get you out here, this and that. And then he goes, I want to have a match, a no holds bar match, yada, yada. You know, calls Austin a chicken or chicken shit or whatever the fuck he said. Yeah. How loud were you screaming when Stone Cold goes, <clears throat> I can't do his voice like that. <laughs> if you want to see me whip Kevin Owens' ass, give me a hell yeah. Uh, so also I want to point out I love how Austin had to stop himself from get saying, get me a goddamn run. <laughs> yeah, but, right. Uh, <laughs> uh honestly, man, I didn't believe it was gonna happen until the bell rang. And even when the bell rang, uh I'm like, okay, Austin's just gonna, you know, duck, give him a stunner, that'll be it. Yeah. But, uh, 
quick, easy squash. Austin surprised the fuck out of me. When I saw him take that suplex onto the concrete on the other side of the barricade, I'm like, what fucking year is it, man? <laughs> um, it's not 1999 with the Austin pay-per-view main event brawls. But they went for quite a bit, too. They went for about 15 minutes. This wasn't like a four- or five-minute match. Uh, this was insane to watch. This was awesome. 19 yeah. years since Austin's wrestled. 19. He's come in and done the cameos and this and that, but 19 years, dude. I was watching him give those mud hole stompings and I loved it. I don't care. I loved it. Yeah, the crowd ate when, it up. And when I watched him first with the first suplex, I was like, oh, holy shit. Oh, he's, you know, there's definitely no more bumps for him. Going up and down the alleyway, you know, of the crowd, making their way to the, the, the stage and, and two more suplexes. I'm going, Jesus, this man's going to be sore tomorrow. Yeah. But it was so cool. And, and it was like watching Stone Cold Steve Austin of 99, 2000 all over again. Hand kept going up for beers and pounding them together and everything. I was I was going nuts for it. I was going nuts. I loved it. For that factor, like that, this match gave me match of the night just because it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. And out of everyone on this card, he's the only one from my childhood. The yeah, only man. one left from my childhood. This was awesome. Uh, you know, I thought it was even insane that uh, he let Owens give him a stunner and then get the near fall. Uh, that was pretty crazy. I, I did not expect anything like that. Uh, and, you know, Owens is probably like smiling ear to ear as this match is going on, knowing he's in the fucking WrestleMania main event against Stone Cold Steve Austin in 2022. Uh, he could probably retire tomorrow and be a happy man and be satisfied with everything he's done. Yeah, dude. Honestly, when he hit the stunner, I thought it was over. I thought it was going to be like a quick one, two, three. And that was it. And I'm so glad Austin kicked out. Yeah. But man, did it give you chills to think that, holy crap, Stone Cold could lose. Oh, it did. And I think a riot may have broken out in that stadium had that happened. (laughs) And, And Owens, win, lose, or draw, got to be as happy as can be, which, you know, we actually saw that on uh, Monday Night Raw. He came out, grabs the mic, and uh, in a very narcissistic way, starts making excuses and blaming others as to why he lost. Then I see... A lot lot of weight he lifted, back injury. Oh, yeah, a lot of of weights. Didn't want no certain amount, just a lot of weights. Very heavy. <laughs> it's like Planet Fitness. I put things up, I put them down. <laughs> anyway, he um, a name comes across the TV. Oh Jesus Christ! Now it says Ezekiel, and 
And the, the first thing that pops in my head, being the wrestling fan that I am, I go, what the fuck does Ezekiel Jackson want with Kevin <laughs> Owens? And why is he back on Raw? This makes no fucking sense. I'm thinking debut number two on Raw already. <laughs> Not at all. Here comes this beefed up white dude with long hair. I'm going, what the fuck? Who is this? I'm thinking like, oh, it's an NXT call up. I just don't know who the hell I'm looking at. Nope, not that either. Because then as soon as they zoomed in on the face. Justin, what does WWE stand for? Walk with Elias. I said, what does WWE stand for? Walk with Elias. Ladies and gentlemen, Elias's new name is Ezekiel. The beard is gone, but the long hair is still there. The drifter-like attitude with the pants and the plain white tank is gone. Some nice creamsicle orange ring gear. And by the way, Ezekiel is Elias's younger brother. Well, and I'm, I'm kind of glad this happened. Kevin Owens wasn't buying it. Like, the fans weren't buying it. Like, I wasn't buying it. Like, clearly, Ezekiel himself is not buying it. Yeah. Kept trying to claim he's Elias' younger brother. Finally, Kevin Owens just goes, I hate liars, and you're Elias. I mean, the fans were chanting that, it, you know, they knew it was Elias. Ezekiel did everything he could to finish the promo. God bless him. Huh, this poor man. So you're, you're telling me you have all this time to... fucking come up with something and this is the best you got. Ezekiel, the younger brother of Elias. I'm just going to do it now. I wish you the best in your future endeavors. Look. What the fuck, man? Uh, I, I knew it was Elias as soon as he walked out because I remember... Uh, the 2K website for 2K22, they actually posted an in-game render of Elias, but he was wearing that gear that Ezekiel was wearing last night on Raw. So I'm like, oh shit, that's Elias. And I also had heard like earlier in the weekend they had had him go and cut his hair, uh, but they weren't happy with it. So I was a little surprised to see him on this show. And I don't know if the whole Elias younger brother thing was like, an improv thing in that they just did in the ring because nobody was buying this shit. But uh, you know what the what the fuck are they gonna do? Is this gonna be a Abyss and Joseph Park? Is fucking Elias gonna show up next week with a full grown beard and everything? And they're gonna fucking be no, no, you can't do that. I I don't know what what the point of all this is. I, I don't even Ezekiel is just gonna go right to main event. He's not gonna be on Raw every week. I don't think. If he is, I'll be stunned. But, um, yeah, it, it sucks because 
I, I think we all know Elias was, if this was three, four years ago, Elias was fucking over, man, on the main roster. Uh, unfortunately, just kind of squandered whatever they had with him. Oh, dude. It's, I feel bad for the guy, but... Yeah. This ain't helping him. <laughs> no. Anyway, Stone Cold beats Kevin Owens, hits an awesome stunner, chugs more beer after. That's the end of night one. Justin, what was your overall thought of night one and being there at WrestleMania for, for night one? Uh, I really enjoyed night one. Like I said, just with Bianca Becky. Uh, the Cody surprise in the match against Seth and then Austin Owens. Just the fact of being there and seeing Stone Cold main event WrestleMania was just enough for me. Uh, but those three alone just put night one over the top for me. Yeah. I thought it was a great night of wrestling, to be honest with Absolutely. you. Um, the only things I really questioned was both women championships being on, on the same card it made it obvious one was getting dropped. It just all depended on what was happening with the first match. Again, don't hate me for my predictions. After I had said Ronda, I had realized I was still in the same night and I screwed up. Anyway, night two, how was it, you know, getting in the arena, you know, what's it like with that big of a crowd getting, you know, getting ready and getting pumped for, for, for WrestleMania night two. So, honestly, both nights, we, it was pretty easy getting into the building. Uh, we got there about a half an hour after doors opened up, and we just walked right in, actually. Uh, and, you know, this was my third WrestleMania. This wasn't my first. My first was 29. Uh, and every year, I still get a little, uh, I don't know if I call it emotional, but it definitely like kind of hits you when you walk in and you see the set and you see how big the stadium is and you go to your seat. Uh, like you just get that feeling like this is fucking WrestleMania, man. This is the Mecca of, of wrestling. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, man. Yeah. You, you know, you, you gotta love the feeling and you know, as the pre-shows going on, it gets down to, you know, the last final moments you know, what's it like when the fireworks are going off and, and the, the music hits? Uh, as the show's starting and you get that opening pyro and it's just anticipation, just waiting for it. And I know you can say that about a lot of WB shows, pay-per-views and such, but I'll, I'll tell a quick story too. So I was actually at SmackDown last week at the Barclay Center. I wasn't at this point too enamored with this year's WrestleMania build. And I remember sitting on the bus, waiting to go to Brooklyn, well, Manhattan, and then go to Brooklyn for Manhattan. But uh, I had music playing through my headphones. And this year's WrestleMania theme just so happened to pop up, uh, Sacrifice by the Weekend. And I looked to my right out the window and I see MetLife Stadium where I was at WrestleMania a few years ago. And I'm like, that's fucking fate, man. I can't wait to be at AT&T Stadium next week. <laughs> and yeah, it, it's just fucking insane, man. To have 70,000 of 
70,000 screaming wrestling fans. And, you know, it's like, you feel like you know everyone in a way mm-hmm. because everyone came here for this one big event. I guess, I guess two big, two big events because of the two nights, but it, it, it's fucking insane. I, I can't even put it into words. Awesome. Well, we're at night two and we open up with the triple threat tag team match of RK bro, the raw tag team champions taking on the Alpha Academy and the Street Profits. This was a fun match. And God damn, does Montez Ford have ups. Yeah. Yeah, this was fun. You know, the particular spot I'm talking about is Angelo Dawkins had Chad Gable, I believe it was, on his shoulders. And Montez Ford... Man, dude has ups. Hits a a doomsday blockbuster, I guess you would call it. Yeah, I think that's probably the best way to describe it. So Dawkins has Gable on his shoulders, and Montez gets the top rope. And you know, you're thinking doomsday device from Legion of Doom all day long. Yep. That that's exactly what I thought sitting there. And instead, he takes it one step further. And jumps like as high as he jumps for that frog splash and hits a blockbuster instead. That was insane. That was awesome spot. I loved it. There were other yeah. great spots in this match. We saw the, you know, Randy and Riddle with their RKOs, Gable and Otis being the great technicians that they are. Great chemistry all around by all six men. But RK Bro would retain. Is this how the match is this how you wanted the match to go for you? And how was the crowd? Uh the crowd loved it. They really ate up the double RKOs from uh Rowan Orton. Uh you know, I, I really enjoyed this match. It was actually between the two nights, probably one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh Gable was actually really over, believe it or not. Uh, he's really getting that uh, shoosh over pretty well. Uh, you know, Montez Ford and Angela Dawkins, Street Profits, they're, they've been over for a long time, I think. Uh, and, yeah, this, this was a great opener for Mania. Yeah, you know, this was a match that I had picked RK Bro to win. And it was weird because I, I said in the same sentence that if they win, I have no idea who challenges them next because they've beaten every tag team type. Team. Yeah. But I picked them anyway, where at least if it was the Street Profits, it would be New Feuds. If it was Alpha Academy, you know, same thing. So I was like, well, shit. I'm picking them, but I don't know what's next for them. You know, I thought the same thing, uh, and we'll get into it later, but I think we found possibly the next team to challenge them. Yeah. Yep. So our next match is uh, Omos taking on Bobby Lashley. I picked Omos for this 
because the last I had heard was Lashley hasn't had his surgery yet. And was apparently staying on, you know, to do this match, yada, yada. So I'm with Omos thinking, all right, Lashley's injured. Can't do the match. It is what it is. I'll go with Omos. You know, they're building him up as like this monstrous heel and this and that. Kyle picked Lashley stating that because of what happened last Monday with Omos retreating, you, you don't have your monster heel do that and expect him to win. So I was like, okay. Without giving away who won, Justin, what did you think of the match? And how was the crowd for it? I thought this had, was better than it had any right to be, to be honest with you. Uh, Omos, honestly, has not impressed me very much in his uh, now one year uh, as an active wrestler on the roster. Uh, you know, Lashley, I, I fucking love Lashley. I think he's fantastic. Uh, but, you know, they made it work. Uh, it was a good big man, uh, big man match, I thought. Yeah, they made it work. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm indifferent. I also kind of felt that if you want us to believe that Omos is a big heel, that I felt he should have won, which obviously he did not win. He did not win the match. Lashley wins. Surprised the hell out of me. Were you surprised? No, honestly, I was kind of picking Lashley. And as I was thinking about it and the match was going on, I could honestly see uh, whether it's the next feud or the following feud after the next one, uh, Bobby Lashley possibly being a challenger for the WWE Universal Undisputed Champion, whatever they want to call it. Because if you think about it, before all this happened, the last time we saw Lashley was at Elimination Chamber where he was never pinned to lose his title. Uh, so to me, I, I thought the best option in this case would be Lashley. Yeah, and um, he wins. But it's what makes Omos still a monster heel that happens on Raw after Mania. See, at the time, I didn't know the picture that was happening here by having Omos lose. The next night on Raw After Mania, MVP comes out and introduces Lashley, you know, the guy he manages, who wasn't with him last night at WrestleMania, wasn't there for him. I'm shocked by what happens next. You know, MVP is saying all these things about Lashley, and then out comes Omos. Uh, look at Giant Gonzalez. He's very hard to understand. That's what it sounds like, at least to me, when he's talking. And he goes, So I'm like, all right. He wants a rematch against Lashley. And it gets surprising because from behind, MVP attacks Lashley. And then we see Omos jump in and join in, and we hear MVP say, this is your time. You know, shine and this and that, and come on, man, look good. And, you know, all these, like, 
you know, this is your time to shine, beat him up, yada, yada. And MVP was beating him up too. So I would say Lashley is a face now. And he was seemingly turning face after last week anyway. And MVP is now with Omos. How'd you feel about that? You were there. I was so upset, man. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. (laughs) As soon as MVP came out, I knew where this was headed. And I I, I hate seeing the MVP and Lashley combination break up. I thought it was one of the best things during the pandemic Thunderdome era of Monday Night Raw. Uh, And, you know, even if we did get a feud with Lashley and... Uh, Roman Reigns later on I would have loved to see what we didn't get in the Brock Lesnar feud going into the Royal Rumble in a little battle of words between Paul Heyman and MVP but uh, unfortunately it wasn't meant to be yeah it's a shame it really is a shame though to be honest with you because that'd be cool to see yeah and I don't know I don't know what their plans are with Omos. I, I I have no idea where they're going with it. And we're about to find out. That's for sure, because uh, he's with MVP now. So I'm guessing MVP is going to be his mouthpiece, so we don't have to hear... Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, you know, we come to actually one of my favorite matches of the night. At least on the entertaining aspect. And anything goes match between Sami Zayn and Jackass star Johnny Knoxville. This match went exactly how I expected it to. Justin, what would you think of it? I'll be honest, going into it, I was not looking forward to this match at all. (laughs) I just did not have any interest. It did surprise me in a way. I'm not going to lie. There were a few things that just kind of were a little too over the top. I didn't, I didn't like the giant mouse trap at the end. Uh, I thought it looked a little ridiculous. Uh, PVC pipe. Yeah, exactly. Uh, The mouse trap table was pretty cool. I've never seen anything like that. (laughs) Yeah. That was an interesting concept. I thought. Yeah. And I don't know where the fuck that giant hand came from, to be honest with you, (laughs) even being in the crowd. You don't know where that hand came from? Oh, God, I set myself up for that one. That is the prodigy of Mae Young and Mark Henry making his pro-WWE debut. Ladies and gentlemen, hand. So. (laughs) Celebrity, Celebrity WWE wing Hall of Fame all day, by the way. Hand. Do you think uh, Mark Henry and Mae Young's hand and the SmackDown fist are like cousins? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, shit. Well, at least we can agree on that. Yeah, they're related. They're related. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know how, but they're related. Anyway, Mark Henry would actually tweet about it. Someone made a meme about the hand, and he tweeted about it. It was hilarious. So oh, I that was awesome. 
how was how was your view for this match? Like you you obviously you had full view of the ring, correct? Yeah, from where I was sitting, I could see uh, opposite of the hard cam, uh, so I could pretty much see just about everything going on. Uh, you know, there, there were there was some good stuff in here. I can't I can't lie. Like I said, I wasn't looking forward to the match going in. I thought it was a waste of time to be honest, but uh, you know, I, I thought it worked. Even though I'm not too huge on the Jackass franchise, and I wasn't too familiar. Go- I'm sorry, I wasn't. <laughs> I don't know people like Party Boy. I know about Wee Man, but it just just wasn't my thing. This is why I needed Alex on the show because, like, you're too young. <laughs> like, the first Jackass came out when I was in high school, two thousand two, two thousand three was when the first one came out, I believe, or maybe yeah. it was two thousand one. I don't remember. It was like that long ago, though. It's it's been twenty years. It's a twenty year franchise at this point. They're dude. They're hilarious, and I I I knew going in that this was going to be all stunts and fun and and pranks and everything like that. Alex absolutely hated this match. He was not a fan of it whatsoever. So it was fun for me to make fun of him while watching the match. And right now, actually. So there's that. <laughs> but um, all the spots, it was, it was exactly how I thought. The, the big mousetrap, if it worked properly, probably would have been pretty cool. Oh, I know. It, 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 but the fact that it didn't work properly is what like, was like, oh, okay. And then I started nitpicking it, being like, that's fucking PVC pipe just spray painted gold. This is dumb. And that's like <laughs> when I got frustrated because it didn't, it, it malfunctioned. And I was like, okay, now I'm going to shit on it. And that's basically what happened. I was like, all right, now I'm going to shit on it. And that's what I did. <laughs> uh, there's no denying it. That's exactly what fuck, like how I felt. I was just like, yeah, what the hell? Yeah. Like I said, stuff like that's a little too hokey for me. The hand was funny, I thought. But, like, for where it was, if you're trying to make it so it's, like, not known that it's there, it was just out in the open for the most part. Yeah. Wee Man body slamming Sammy was pretty cool because, like, Wee Man is, like, sh- like for for a little person, he has, like, stubble arms, I refer. They're not that big for him to, like, move. Yeah. And things like that. But that was cool. I would have – I, I – I can't say I would have liked to have seen more party boy, you know, he didn't know what to do other than like, he got in the ring and he did his dance, but then like, he was like, okay, now what am I supposed to do type deal? Like he, he was lost. He looked lost in the ring and he's been on, on uh, WWE before he was on raw with Steve-O when they were promoting their show, uh, wild boys or whatever it was. Uh, basically a prank show, but out in the wild, like they wore like a zebra suit and got attacked by like a fucking lion type deal. Yeah. No joke. Like really dumb shit like that. They did and like letting uh, venomous snakes and spiders and stuff bite them. Like, no, thanks. No, thanks. <laughs> you know, so they, they've been on wrestling before, but this time he just looked lost, man. It was sad. I thought. But everybody else, I thought I thought they did a great job, and for what the match was, it was fun. It was it was it was a, you know, 
come down, relax the crowd. They've been cheering, booing, screaming. You know, this was that chill out moment. Let them laugh and enjoy themselves. And then they can start screaming for the next match, maybe. The next match was a women's tag team championship fatal four way as the champions, Queen Zelina and her annoying, it's not real British accent, and Carmella took on Sasha Banks and Naomi, Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan, Natalia and Shayna Baszler. How was the crowd when all these girls were making their entrances? Uh, there was a pop for Naomi and Sasha, definitely. Expected. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone really cared about anyone else, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but look, you... I I lo- actually do like the combination of Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan, and it's kind of unfortunate that it looks like they're going to be splitting up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let, let's get to the match first, and we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll then we'll get to what what happened yeah. on Raw after. Yeah, slow so, your jumping. I um I agree. I like the tag team. I think they work. But when I hear Liv Morgan's theme music first, I constantly think it's Alexa Bliss. Yeah. For what I, like it's so similar. I literally think it's Alexa Bliss and I jump and then the big L I V for Liv comes yeah. up and I go, "Oh." And then I'm like a little disappointed to be honest with you. Not going to lie. <laughs> but then Rhea's music hits and everything's all right with the world again. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, yes. okay, there's Rhea. Okay. No, like, you know, they're trying to find a place for Liv Morgan and just nothing has worked. I feel like, and this is another one of those, you know, they can, this one could work. They yeah. could make it work. And it, it seemingly seems like it is because, you know, Liv's, ring gear is very similar with like the a goth likeness to it kind of like how Rhea Ripley is uh the match itself was a good match but and and I said this while watching the match they got to come up with a new big spot I'm so sick of the fucking double powerbomb top rope suplex spot like I've seen it once I've seen it 15 times I saw it again in this match, not once, but twice simultaneously. And all I thought was there's other moves that you can add to this. Please fucking change this. Yeah. WB loves doing that spot in multi-man matches like this. Uh, I, I know they had Rhea do one of them. Was it Liv who did the other one? Yeah. Yeah. That's a little unbelievable for me. But like it was just the fact that like I've seen the spot so many times in these multi-women matches. It's just like find a new spot. Like find something. There's Naomi can jump over the top rope. You couldn't find a big top rope spot. Yeah. Like come on. We know Rhea Ripley's powerful. She couldn't throw someone over the top rope onto people type deal. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. It's just, it's it's the same spot every time. And it's just like, so when I saw that, I kind of got turned off from the match. Yeah. Um, And, and nothing against it, but it, it seems like certain matches have that, like, 
dead crowd. And aside from, like you said, aside from Sasha and Naomi, it seemed like no one cared. Yeah, and this this wasn't a terrible match either. I thought it was fine for where it was on the card and how everyone performed in it, but I don't know. Maybe maybe it's because WB just froze these fucking teams together with three weeks of build (laughs) and says, here, here's your four-way match for the tag titles that barely exist. Yeah, you know, I I like all the spots, but like I, I... That one spot, it just needs to change. It just needs to change. Anyway, it was a good match. And we have new tag team champion, Sasha Banks, winning her first WrestleMania match ever. And Naomi, they got a pretty good pop winning. They got a pretty good pop. Yeah, definitely. Um, now... As far as what's to come next, we don't know. We saw them on Monday Night Raw, the Raw after WrestleMania, take on Liv and Rhea Ripley. Liv lost the match, and this is where Justin's talking a breakup. No. So Liv takes the pinfall, and a frustrated Rhea walks out and leaves Liv in the ring. Flash forward a few segments on Raw. Liv finds Rhea, says she's been looking for her everywhere. Rhea apologizes and says they get a rematch next week. Now, next week, you're either going to see new tag team champions or you're going to see Rhea implode and Liv is going to find out what Rhea's brutality is all about. What do you think, Justin? Yeah, like I said, I wish they wouldn't break those two up because I think they're actually one of the better uh, combinations for a women's tag team that they have right now. And, you know, uh, just by default, I mean, if they break up next week and obviously they it seemingly they did the split with Zelina and Carmella last night on Raw. I mean, by default, wouldn't that mean Natalia and Shayna are the next challengers for the tag titles? Probably because those are the only tag teams left, it feels that's like. It. <laughs> that's literally it. Literally, that's all it feels like. But, uh, yeah. Anyway. Our next match. And I wish Alex was here for it because these are his two favorite wrestlers. Edge versus AJ Styles. Justin, how was the crowd for the entrances? And then we'll get into the match. Uh, so to start, uh, for AJ's entrance, we were all just wondering why the fuck he was bleeding. <laughs> then obviously we found out later he, I guess, scraped his face on the stage as he was coming out. Uh, Edge, I thought, had a fucking awesome entrance. Uh, similar to the Brood entrance he's been doing the last few months, but a little bit of a spin on it to go with his new character. Uh And I got to say, I wasn't sold on this new uh, other side theme from Alter Bridge, but, you know, being there and watching Edge's entrance and hearing over the speakers, uh, I'm I'm all in on it. I think think it's awesome. I like Alter Bridge. I like the old theme. This theme is starting to grow on me. 
And so isn't this new dark, mysterious edge that we've been getting too. It's been really, really interesting. Uh, like I said, I wish Alex was here because like this, he wouldn't shut the fuck up about this match. He'd go on for an hour about it. I thought this was a solid match for both men. At the end of it, neither comes out. I want to say a loser, but neither come out looking weak. They can both, you know, this feud can either continue or can both move on to something new. And, and it like for AJ, the loss, not affect him type deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. He can go into a new feud against somebody else. And this loss isn't going to play a factor in that feud or really play a factor in where he, he stands within the company itself. The interesting spot about the match was Damian Priest. When you guys saw him, what what did you guys think? Like, what what was your thought when you saw him? So that weekend, I think a lot of people at that point had heard the reports of a new stable coming for Edge and Damian Priest being one of the biggest names that was uh, kind of brought up for that. So it wasn't too surprising for me when I saw him pop up. But, uh, you know, I, I do kind of like the pairing. They've done at least two segments with them together, Damian Priest and Edge, in the last few months. So you can call it back to that if you wanted to. Uh, and I did like the little callback uh, Edge made last night on Raw and his promo where he had brought up how Damian Priest and himself, Edge, had kind of turned from babyface to heel literally the two segments in between uh on the very same night so wow uh, yeah i'm I'm, yeah i'm curious to see where they go with this and who they add to it because i'm sure there's going to be more names going well let's fill that part in right now because fightful select has reported two names two one, two. The first name that came up after Damien Priest, now already in it, was Rhea Ripley. The other name, and it seems like this is the one that they are going to go with first, he just lost at NXT Stand and Deliver. Also at Stand and Deliver, he seemingly said his goodbyes to NXT. Triple H would come out and hug him and send him on his merry way. Do you know who I'm talking about now, Justin? Oh, I do. Ladies and gentlemen, the next member of Edge's stable is Tommaso Ciampa. How I would say it fits 100%. He fits. I really do hope that they bring a woman, and it's Rhea Ripley, to be honest with you. If you know, if not going to keep as a tag team, I think that would be awesome. Yeah. And uh, I think Rhea Ripley would definitely fit in very well, especially with seemingly her possibly turning heel next week or within the few next few weeks so that i think is definitely probably set to happen 
Tommaso Ciampa, I don't know how I feel about it yet. I guess it's something I'll just have to see play out on TV, one of those types of scenarios. But uh, it took took a while for me to get sold on this new Edge gimmick, but I think it's starting to work. I I wasn't really sure what he was going for at first, but I think now I'm kind of seeing it. Yeah, well, uh, we went a little ahead of ourselves as Edge did win the match at WrestleMania. Uh, how was the crowd when 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 he won in in the pop? Uh, Edge Edge got a pretty big pop for the win. Uh, I think them kind of realizing that him Edge and Damian Priest uh, were going to be going forward as as of right now a tag team, but uh, stable. Uh, and I think they're excited for that as well. Uh, yeah, everybody got a big pop in this match. Weird. Again, this was a match that I felt doesn't hurt AJ at all losing, to be honest. The next match was actually scheduled for night one, but due to time, did not happen. The New Day versus Sheamus and Ridge Holland. Now, this would have been a six-man tag match if Holland 316 didn't say, I just broke Biggie's neck. Ooh. So, long story short, this match didn't make it to night one, obviously due to time. They're here on night two. I don't know how much time this match was originally supposed to have, but at this point, they should have just had this match on Raw. This match was pretty short, if I remember, and you remember, Justin. Yeah, uh... I felt bad when they were cut from night one. I felt like that was pretty shitty. Uh, Since we're on the topic, I do want to bring up a point I forgot earlier. Uh, The person in front of me, actually, after Austin was celebrating his win over Kevin Owens, he looked at me and he goes, there's one more match, right? And I wanted to go, yes, they put the New Day match after Austin's first match in almost two decades and Cody Rhodes returned. Yes, stay in your seat. While the rest of us file out of the, the building. Uh, but on another topic. Uh, yeah, they thankfully, with two nights of WrestleMania, if a match does get cut from one night, it is able to move on to the next. But with this, I don't even know why they bothered. Uh, this felt like, what, a minute and a half? Yeah. It, it was, to me, it was... Maybe a little longer than Ms. Dominic Mysterio on Raw After Mania. Yeah, it's just, this was a SmackDown match on a Mania card. Yeah, this, again, like I said, this, this should have been moved to TV if that's the case. Like, hey, sorry, guys. Two minutes just, uh, not enough. Not for the caliber of two former world champions, your guys with the most tag team championship reigns, like, come on. The most memorable thing about this was Butch acting like a fucking animal. He reminded me of Animal from uh, the Muppets. Just, like, flailing around and, like, you know, moving around, like... Yeah. He was the most memorable part 
he wasn't even in the match. Yeah. You know, like they're trying to make him like that. Like, all right, I'm gonna hope you understand what I'm talking about when I ask this. Okay. Do you know what Looney Tunes is? Yes, I know what Looney Tunes is. Okay. Well, <laughs> no, you're young at this point. <laughs> Jesus. Um, do you know like the big bulldog with the little chihuahua? Yes. Butch is the little chihuahua. See what um, I'm saying? Yeah. He's the little chihuahua. He's you he's the uh, one with the little bark and, and doing all the running around and, and he's the chihuahua of the group. Do you think a fair comparison is uh Seamus and Ridge Holland or Bubba and Devon and Butch's spike? No, because I give a damn who the Dudleys are. <laughs> Well, there you go. I I like Rich. I like I like Seamus. All right. <laughs> Maybe it's because we're both redheads. Maybe because he's retweeted me a few times. Nothing against Ridge Holland, but I don't fucking care who he is. To be honest, as a wrestler, nothing against him as a person. And as far as Butch being Spike Dudley. Let's see Bush take some of those those bumps that Spike Dudley did, and then we'll make a fair comparison. Not a shot in hell I can compare him those two. <laughs> oh shit! And I'm sure some people are going. Pete Dunne's better than Spike Dudley. I didn't say that. I'm just saying you can't take a fucking bump like him. Prove me wrong. I'll wait. Oh shit. Yeah, see, look look what you did. I lit the fuse. Sorry, everyone. Now this next match involves another celebrity as we have SmackDown commentator, host of the Pat McAfee live show, making 30 mil on that alone a year. Good for you, man. That's awesome. (laughs) Former NFL football player, Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory. Now, we've seen and know that Pat McAfee can wrestle. We've seen, it, we've seen him in NXT at War Games. Right? So, like, we know he can wrestle, but never seen him, like, one-on-one. And we have Austin Theory. Vince McMahon's prodigy. Uh, under his tutelage, if you will. How was the crowd when when the the theme music hit? Because Pat Pat Pat's was fun. Yeah, uh, Pat was fucking over it, Mania man. Uh, the, that that crowd was loud and humming his theme song and everything. Uh, yeah, it was pretty crazy just to know your SmackDown commentator, uh, former football player, getting a reaction like that at WrestleMania. You know how many how many dudes' dreams that dude lived that night? Oh, I know, right? A lot of jealous people of him right now. Absolutely. Including you know, me. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, I wasn't uh, when this match was first announced. I wasn't like, I wasn't sold on it only because I thought it just came so out of nowhere. But I think they had the opposite of the Charlotte and Ronda effect, and their the build in that feud really did get me a li- at least a little bit excited for that match, or kind of excited. Uh, I think. Theory just kind of fucking with Pat as, as much as he can and then run to Vince's office. Uh, I think that helps him a lot with his heel character. Uh, and Pat, it, it obviously got him over as a face if he wasn't already. I mean, look at him during Nakamura's entrance every week. Standing Everyone on the table. Yeah. Dude, it's so awesome. It's so awesome when Pat does that. and Um. Yeah, dude, his entrance was super over and it was really it was it was it was cool. I honestly was a little disappointed. I expected him to wear ring gear and just not be in a black tank top and jeans. Yeah. So like I I I I had expectations and that wasn't met. So I was a little disappointed. But then I also kind of realized this is the same guy that Michael Cole tried to fire for wearing dress shorts oh i forgot suit. about that yeah oh yeah well i didn't because on one episode of smackdown pat mcafee brought it up he's like yeah kind of like how you tried to get me fired for wearing shorts <laughs> <laughs> i laughed and i was like did anyone else pick up on that like was that said over the mic for him to say or did he just like ad lib that in like and then I was like looking around, like I was like in a production truck, like, "Hey, who taught him? Out? Who taught? Who who told him to do that?" You know. <laughs> oh God! But anyway, I thought this was a good match. No, absolutely. Uh, obviously, the two matches McAfee had in NXT, we know he can work. Uh, obviously, he was training hard for it. Uh, even a few people in my section, I, they they weren't too familiar with the NXT matches that uh, Pat had had a few years ago, so they were very surprised to see how he worked in this match. And you know, he did a great job, bro. He made me nervous, right? Yeah. When he did that jump rope, jumped up to the top rope yeah. for for that that superplex. Holy shit, man. I would have thought he was going to take, you know, I thought something bad was going to happen for a second. I was like, oh shit, don't fuck this up. Don't fuck this up. (laughs) Like I'm saying that and and my ass has fucking chicken wings in my mouth, a soda next to me. Like, yeah, that's healthy, you know? And that man, by the way, younger than me just jumps up and I'm going, and I'm the one going, holy fuck, don't fuck up. Don't fuck up. Like I'm the guy on the top rope. Like I'm him. And like, (laughs) I'm like, Jesus Christ, if I'm sitting here saying it, what the fuck's he thinking in his head right now? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, How did, how did you guys, you know, how was the crowd for, you know, after that match? And then I'll let you take it away and you can explain to the audience what happened from there and then we'll get into the next match okay so personally i would have had austin theory win this match but uh pat mcafee did go over uh crowd was very into it uh so you know that was cool 
what happened next was something I could have did without. So after the match, you have Pat celebrating on the top rope and Vince is yelling at Fury. What, what the fuck, pal? God damn it. And you see Pat kind of staring at Vince and telling him to come in the ring. And Vince just has this smile on his face and he starts, he, he pulls one arm out of the blazer and then pulls it right back in to tease you. And I'm sitting in my seat going, no, no, God, no, please, for the love of fucking God, no. Uh, so I'm like, okay, good. He's just going to leave. But then he comes back and he pulls the blazer all the way off, undoes the tie. And I'm like, we're really getting an impromptu Vince McMahon match on WrestleMania, aren't we? Uh, obviously, this was the planned match from the beginning. I thought they were going to be smart and not do this at all, but WWE is going to WWE. Oh, see, we got uh, two totally different opinions on this. Really? You think you were fine with this? Bro, man, I'm a prodigy of the golden era of wrestling. The Bret Hart's, the, the Hulk Hogan. The Rick Rude, Mr. Perfect, Ric Flair, Gorilla Monsoon, Sergeant Slaughter, you name it. They're all behind me at the Hasbro bar here just chilling. Yeah. But, dude, I'm also a prodigy of the Attitude Era as a teenager, man. Yes. The Vince I, McMahon, I you know, Vince McMahon in the ring. Vince McMahon, WWE champion. Vince McMahon winning the Royal Rumble. Vince McMahon being involved in literally every fucking storyline from the corporate ministry down to choppy, choppy PP. Yeah. And I, I get that. I understand the attitude error nostalgia behind that, but did we really need a full on match with Pat McAfee and Vince McMahon? Yeah. We could have just had some. Originally that was actually as fans thought was being teased. Fans thought we were going to see Vince McMahon as a match. Remember, we all didn't want to see it. No one wanted to see it. But, man, I saw that iconic black tank top. And I saw that he still got some mighty pythons in them freaking arms. And I said, my God, my God, he could do it. Vince McMahon can wrestle again. If I doubted Stone Cold the night before and that man made me look like a complete jackass, then Vince McMahon was going to prove me wrong too. And Vince McMahon kind of proved me wrong. (laughs) I was ecstatic. I didn't care how bad of a match it was going to be. I really didn't. Stone Cold and KO could have been a terrible match, but you know what? I got to see Stone Cold wrestle after 19 years. That made it worth my while. So the fact that I'm getting this with Vince McMahon again, I didn't care if it was going to be a good or bad match. I'm watching Vince McMahon wrestle, which, by the way, he's still jacked at 76 years old. My God! I enjoyed it. I don't don't know. This this didn't do it for me. I think we could have just did with a post-match brawl. Well, you show your age. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same age as Austin Theory, so. Exactly. <laughs> My point is proven. So it wasn't a good match, realistically. I mean, Pat did his job. He sold the bumps. 
and looked good doing it. Vince ends the match punting a Dallas Cowboys football into the ribs of Pat McAfee. One, two, three, match is over. Fine. But Vince McMahon is like Frank Sinatra's You Can't Have One Without the other love and marriage, love and marriage go together like a horse in carriage. This I'll tell you, brother, you can't have one without the other. You can't have Vince McMahon without Stone Cold Steve Austin, ladies and gentlemen. The glass shatters, Justin. You know what to do. Well, let me tell you something. Stone Cold came to WrestleMania on night two to open a can of whoop ass. Anyway. Uh, so this, this got a huge pop because no one was expecting Stone Cold. Uh, this was the pop I was looking for on night one. And I think, like I said before, I think Cody's uh, return kind of messed with Stone Cold's uh, reaction a bit. But, uh. Before we move on, did you notice Vince got scared when they started playing Austin Fury's mu- uh, music? <laughs> yeah, I totally <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> he jumped and got scared. He oh, thought... he was... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. He was so confused. Uh, but yeah, uh, from there, Stone Cold comes out, opens a couple of Steve Wazers. What? Uh, gives Austin Fury a stunner. I fought it. I actually enjoyed uh, Fury's sell of the stunner. Uh, the one I didn't enjoy was the next one. Because uh, he goes for that stunner on Vince. And I don't know what the miscommunication was here. Uh, he tries to grab Vince and Vince just kind of bounces off the ropes. And then he finally like grabs him. Uh, and Vince doesn't even go down. He just kind of remains standing up like he's stiff as a board or something. And oh, it, it was it was not a good uh, not a good night for the stunner for uh, Vince McMahon. But uh, even Austin, I think he was about to like break out laughing as soon as he was trying to get Vince in position because you can see him smiling with the beer in his mouth. <laughs> it's just... Yeah. Oh, he was. He was he was definitely laughing after the Vince McMahon stunner. Um, oh yeah, I laughed, and Alex was sitting next to me. And he goes, "Well, in all fairness, Vince can't take a stunner." I was like, "Shit, he's kind of right. He's yeah, never he's been never, able to do it right. Never been able to do it." <laughs> and, and fuck, Linda's worse. Oh yeah, the one on Linda was pretty bad. Oh. Yeah. So he, he stuns he stuns Vince, doesn't go well, starts chugging more beers. And then he invites Saxton into the ring. Oh Byron this Go- one this one was uh Pat McAfee. Saxton was night one. Oh that's right. Holy shit, yeah. I fucked up. <laughs> Cause I, I didn't even talk about it on night one. Yeah, damn it. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh well. Well, night yeah. one he gets a stunner. Uh in, instead this time it's Pat McAfee, which McAfee's was even funnier. McAfee sold it really, really cool, I thought. Yeah. But did they show you guys like how we saw Pat McAfee? Cause he was chugging a beer yep. after like, all right, cool. <laughs> oh, it was hilarious. Oh, we we bursted out laughing in my section. <laughs> He's it was so funny. He's laying there because he gives him the beer to chug, stuns him. He rolled out with the beer. Austin's chugging. And all of a sudden, they, they put the camera on McAfee, and he's just sitting there. And it's like, well, if you get a stunner, you drink it too. So that yeah. was that was, that was that, awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> that, yeah, that's what I that was a great. Like, Pat McAfee made that. Straight up, he made that. Like, even though, like, he won the first match, lost the second match, took a stunner. Dude, just like I said in in the prediction show on WrestleMania, Kevin Owens, even though he loses the match, doesn't lose. No, not at all. He's Stone Cold Steve Austin's retirement match. He's his last match. He takes a Stone Cold stunner from Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's some really cool, like, if I was a pro wrestler but a fa- and a fan, like, that would be a huge mark-out moment from me. I got to try not smiling as I'm going down type deal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? No doubt. Pat McAfee was living the best life, even though he just lost and took a Stone Cold Stunner, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Uh, now we get to the main event. Justin, you made it through night one. Night two is getting a little harder. How's the crowd feeling? Uh, I think the crowd was still pretty steady uh, going into the main event. Uh, obviously, Roman is the biggest heel in the company now, but he's he gets the biggest baby face reaction from the fans, it seems like, everywhere he goes. Uh, and everyone's been into Brock the last few months, so they came alive for it. I've been a fan of Face Brock yes. because Face Brock is good on a microphone. He's funny. He rips doors off of cars and trucks and can throw them like it's no big deal. Plus the new farmer look with the cowboy hat and the the long hair ponytail. It's it's working. It's working for the big country, the big, the I guess now big Canadian country boy. I like it. I am a big fan. What I was not a fan of was this match. I was not a fan of this match at all. Uh, they gave us more than what. I expect from a Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns match. A lot of Superman punches. They did the outside spot with the spear into the guardrail and it breaks. Surprisingly, I expected more F5s. Yeah, wasn't wasn't there only one F five in the match altogether? Yeah, what's up with that? That was, that was a little weird. Uh, German suplexes. Wasn't many of those. 
which is shocking because that's usually Brock's thing. But I noticed with the bigger guys like him and Lashley, Lashley had to weird just so he wouldn't land on his head. Yeah. So he would land on the one shoulder, and I was like, man, that's got to hurt. Sure enough, it probably did. Yeah. So I'm sure Roman was like, I'm not landing like that. So it was it was a lot more uh, belly-to-belly suplexes, if you remember, in the match. Like, so like, uh, that's why I was like, all right, that's weird. Not what I'm expecting. Yeah, I noticed you started with the belly-to-belly instead of going right for the Germans. Uh, one thing that we saw at home that I don't think you guys got to, to see was towards the end of the match with uh, Roman with his shoulder. So in the building, I did notice the redness on Reigns' shoulder. And I don't know if it's just because how big the fucking screen is in AT&T Stadium, but uh, I noticed the redness, but I didn't realize like something could be wrong, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Like, obviously, we can't hear Roman going, oh, my shoulder's out, my shoulder's out. So we're sitting there, we're just thinking, oh, it's a normal Kimura lock in a Brock Lesnar match. Yeah. So like um if you went if you go to Twitter there's a lot of people tweeting that they heard it. Uh you go back you now it's probably pretty close to edited if you haven't gone back to listen to hear it because they already took out of the Hall of Fame speech on Peacock where the Undertaker has his hat up to his daughter and he says you're killing my gimmick. That's already edited out. So if you, you know, if you're going to hear it, now's the time to go look before they start editing things. There is a spot like where you could see like his tricep. And I, I was, I was into strongman competitions. I used to do those and, and I even did bodybuilding and like your tricep has the horseshoe, like, you know, and that's upside down. Yeah. Is more coming up towards into the bicep when you looked at it looked like bulging out a little more than normal which to me i had thought tricep tear you know then you hear him screaming about his shoulder and you're like oh shit okay never mind but there was that redness was right back in here like right where i have my hand at the tricep right here this is where all that redness was. Yeah. Just under the shoulder. Got to give Roman credit to be able to lift his arm up after to hold the belt and just even spear Roman or to spear Brock Lesnar with something that bad, you know. So if you, you like you saw the redness, oh you should have seen how it looked. Like it looked Ooh. like basically it looked like a baseball was bulging Ooh. from it from the spot. It was crazy. But there was a it was it was interesting. I it was like a typical match, but there was little things like I said I had noticed. Like the it wasn't the German suplexes, it was belly to belly suplexes. So there was like all those like little things I had noticed, but it wasn't too bad. I wouldn't say it was the greatest match of all time. That's for sure. No. 
not the biggest, not the greatest. Nope. And uh, the man who produced the match was Pat Buck, who also produced Charlotte and Ronda. And for fans who didn't know, he produced those two matches and he abruptly quit WWE today. Yeah, that was very interesting to see, seeing as we I knew who the producers were for that match or those matches uh, before the news of him quitting came out. Yeah, interesting. Very interesting. Maybe he knew something was up that he might be in hot water because those were pretty bad matches. Like that Matt Brock and Roman had a lot of hype and was a huge letdown to a lot of people. It was definitely not the greatest match of all time at WrestleMania. And the and the yeah. Charlotte Ronda thing was just the fuck. Yeah, I think uh I think Reigns and Lesnar delivered more than Charlotte and Ronda. I don't know if it's just me. I think I kind of know what to expect from a Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar match. Uh you know, it it all depends, I think. Sometimes yeah. they can go 15 minutes, sometimes they can go 5 minutes. It's not, it's not really consistent. Uh they they've had what? Like 5 6 matches in their whole series. I would have to go back and look, but uh, they've definitely faced each other quite a few times more than, uh, any normal two guys on the roster right now, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, 100%. but yeah, I don't know. I, I think I was just expecting everything they did in this match. Uh, you know, you're going to get your Superman punches. You're going to get your spears. You're going to get your F5. Uh, you're going to get your Kimura. That's just how I looked at it. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly what we got. Yeah. Um, just like the little differences instead of German suplexes, belly to belly, and not really uh, much of an F5 guy, apparently, that night. And, you know, the one thing we do know is that Brock Lesnar is not scheduled with WWE for a little while, from what I've seen. They have been advertising, as I said earlier, my buddy from Long Island said that they were advertising Charlotte and Ronda for the SmackDown belt. They're advertising Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre for the belt, the Universal belt, anyway. That show is May sixth. But as far as Roman goes, we have not heard anything as far as him being injured. They didn't bring anything up on Raw about him. Nothing was said. This might be a situation where if something is wrong, we're not going to know until he's done with all doctors and stuff like that and MRIs and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, Roman, within the last two years at least, really hasn't worked any TV matches. or It's very rare if he ever does. So yeah. by, by the looks of it, they're just going to – you know, hold it off, see what's going on, and take it from there. Until then, he's just going to have both titles. Yeah. I mean, that's the way it's looking. I don't know what's going to happen if if it's something that requires surgery on a shoulder, it's at least six months always. How do I know I've had three? 
if it's something that doesn't require surgery, it can be something as simple as four to eight weeks. Yeah. I think either or, I don't think they're going to take the belt off him, to be honest with you. Neither do I. I, I, could, I can't see it happening. I don't think they want to ruin that storyline that they've got going on with the fact hasn't been pinned since 2019, this and that. They're going to build him up to to have a modern day record of the Bruno San Martino, the Bob Backlund, yep. you know the, those those early guys from the seventies who held the championship for years, plural years. I mean, they, they've been gloating that Roman hasn't been pinned since twenty nineteen. It's twenty twenty two. You don't think they don't want to keep gloating about that? They're going to. Yeah. It's just all in a matter of how how it's written in the story. Yeah, like like, I mean, Drew is obviously the next sensible opponent for Reigns. Uh, yeah. I said earlier I could see Lashley going after Reigns, but obviously they're gonna continue whatever they're doing with him and Omos. And yeah, I definitely wouldn't throw Cody Rhodes at Roman Reigns right now. Uh, no. Definitely take your time on that. No, yeah. So, yeah. Justin, which night was better, night one or two? I'm going with night one all the way. Uh, Overall, I thought we had a very good WrestleMania this year, though, between both nights. Yeah? Yeah. That's good. I'm glad you were there. That was uh, very cool. And ladies and gentlemen, you'll be able to see Justin's journey through WrestleMania on YouTube.com slash Perched on the Top Rope. You can find this podcast in any podcast, anywhere and everywhere, from Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Podbay, Red Circle, and anywhere else podcasts can be found. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a plethora of social media, and they're all very different based on your unique tastes. Ladies and gentlemen, you can go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash perched on the top rope, where we generally post a lot of new stuff and on the occasion, some funny memes and a lot of opinionated questions so we can get your audience participation for these shows. You can go to Twitter at Perch Top Rope, where we like to break news of interviews that we have coming up for shows and just... uh some live tweeting of maybe raw AEW dynamite. After all, we do do a raw recap and dynamite discussion podcast show. You can find us on TikTok, where we create the best wrestling scenes involving the Selena scene music. My heart will go on. And if that doesn't pique your interest and you want to see the taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan, that's right. The taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan from WCW get humped by a dog. You can it's perched on the top rope. Ladies and gentlemen, you can find us on Instagram where it's mostly about the photos and the memes. Come for the laughs and enjoy yourself. It's perched on the top rope podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, always remember spoiler freeze the way to be. We're out. Yippee ki yay.